0: From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in influential, influential Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development.
1: I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games.
0: I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are influences in game design and development, and the use of repetition in game design. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start.
2: A plus performance, Steven.
0: Okay. A plus. Okay. I was so nervous, y'all. <laughs> I could feel the
1: nervousness like wafting around the table.
0: Are you sure that's not just us being all sick?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I blame Mark.
2: Yeah, it's it's my fault. Well, wait, sure, whatever.
1: You've I mean, been on record as sick before the rest of us were.
2: Well, yeah, but I'm also more susceptible to illness, I think. So but the thing what always happens is like a bunch of people will get a little sick and I'll be like, oh, I, I missed it this time. And then two days later, I will just go down as yeah. everybody else is recovering. <laughs> or like I will get sick like a day or two before everyone else. And I'm like, you know what? We probably all got it at the same time. <laughs> ah. That's my thinking. I don't know. I really don't know. It's, yeah. it's um. I guess over Thanksgiving week, we're recording this the week after Thanksgiving and um, that I think that happens to a lot of people when they gather, although I got sick before Thanksgiving. So I'm did sick.
1: I. That's why I blame you.
2: Oh, I see. Well, I, I had a different sickness. I just had a headache. Yeah. It was a pretty bad. Headache. Don't brag, Stephen. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's oh. Steven bragging again. Yeah, I
2: mean, I'm so healthy. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm glad you're feeling better because someone's going to have to marshal the troops this weekend. Right. For, for Ludum Dari. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you listener will hear this after we've emerged from that weekend. Yes. but. We're just a couple of days away from that, and uh, I'm kind of terrified because I am not feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a game jam, so you can take it as easy as you want. Yeah. Uh, I was- sure.
0: <laughs> well, right. I suppose we could also be really intense about
2: it, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a three-day jam, although yeah. the third day is Monday, so I don't know. If- Wait, the third day is Monday? Yeah, it starts uh, it, it, Friday at 8 p.m., Oh, and then it goes through seventy-two hours. So you have we have all of Monday. Um, oh. So what's probably going to happen is we're going to work on it over the weekend mm-hmm. as well as Friday night, mm-hmm. and then like maybe we'll do some mop up on on Monday afternoon, right? Because I still work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. I mean, I have a meeting on Monday, and yeah. I, I I I should probably I can reschedule, but I haven't told anyone. It was yeah. So, uh, yeah. Right. We'll see how that I goes. I can't afford to not be there. Yeah. This is all. Uh, I mean, I'm glad you're learning this, but this is probably not <laughs> interesting to our listeners at all. <laughs> Right, yes,, uh, so maybe we should move on. uh yeah, I guess, so, oh, it's me, yes, uh, I have the first topic this week, uh which is influences. I wanted to talk about uh you know what inspires you and what the role of influences in game design, and sort of maybe compare it to other types of media, um, where i think I think the discussion's a little different, I mm-hmm. think in um in film and novels you you do a work in a certain style and yeah. this is true of like uh, visual art as well um and then you have direct influences um it's like oh this is a story like so or this is a this the, i i frame my composition because i'm inspired by this this and that whereas in game design because of the interactive component i think more of what we describe as influences more fall into the category of like of um of genre mm-hmm. and um so like you say i'm influenced by a lot of fighting games so i'm making a fighting game like right. it, it's it, i think people will take your, I think it work, Creative process probably works the same way, but I think our conversation is a little bit different. so I wanted to see if maybe we could talk a little bit about our own influences and really what you know our obligations are to uh, be um, inspired or to uh, go for novelty or any of those things. so mm-hmm. the first sort of bit of it I want to talk about is that pull between uh, influences and novelty so you you want to you do something that 's been done before but that 's been proven, which is really kind of a core of like iterative game design is yeah. like is improving on something that's been done. Right, but right. then there's also the drive to be fully innovative, totally unique, you know, like the jump button is the down on the D-pad, like you whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> like something crazy. So, That'd like, be a game I thing. mean, these just innovations, right? Yeah, like yeah. and then eventually those be, those get rolled into the canon and become standards in the future. So, what do you guys think about that idea of like gaming is sort of um, is it stagnated terms of everything is sort of a, a version of the previous thing or I feel like
0: in in AAA games, it's very much uh, similar. They're all kind of similar, yeah. Because like they want they want to make as much money as possible, so they're trying to make a game that will appeal to many people, Um, and so they try to make the same sorts of things where they put the same kind of mechanics that were popular in other things, Mm -hmm. such as RPG systems. They're in everything now, yeah. Uh, But with indie game development, um, I feel like it varies a lot because sometimes you get a lot of like. Uh, home, what's it? Homage. Homages to uh, old school platformers or yeah. something like Braid, for example, mm-hmm. um, is somewhat of a, has homages to Mario stuff. Um, but at the other hand, you get completely different games. Like a lot of the games we make in um, the immersion program and stuff. Uh, so I don't know. I think it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think what 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 I think a lot of what happens uh, when you're like making new things is that like you either need to do it out of necessity because like you you need a particular new mechanic or something for this thing to work mm-hmm. or uh maybe you're just somebody who knew who has not brought like a fresh perspective to the to the thing yeah. so like yeah,
2: yeah. i don't well, know i know you, both the game you're working on the game i'm working on are mm-hmm. both um uh directly influenced by previous things mine is a specific game that i'm that, right. I'm, that I'm, I'm i'm aping um but so but it's interesting cuz when we do game jams like, I never think to do anything other than something random. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I, so it's funny because really the Metro Nexus is my biggest game project and it's really the only big game project I've done. But at the same time, I like to, I don't feel like it's representative of my thinking in terms of like how I begin the design process. Yeah. Which just happens to be so. Um, and so, so I find, so I find myself thinking about this sometimes because I don't really have, I don't really know about myself how what influences me sure. directly and what is just things i think about as influences you know i think maybe part
0: of that is you've been working on that game for 3 years and it was like Oof. well, no i <laughs> not to stretch you out oh man but um
2: yeah i i think did you that was like it was your first like main game project right yeah i've i've done demos and stuff and i've done uh, uh mobile things that were um uh interface stuff so yeah. i did i did a um a uh, like a quick reaction uh, math game, but there's you know there's no physics engine there. It's just pressing buttons. So in terms of like uh, control scheme stuff, it I don't really consider that necessarily in, sure. in terms of a big exploration of game design. Right, right, right. Um, but like
0: in three years, your game design has like improved and changed over time.
2: Oh yeah, that's for sure, and, and it has other influences exactly. Um, and I
0: think that's probably why it feels like Metro Nexus isn't necessarily a representation of how you design game design now.
2: Yeah. For, As yeah. I feel
0: that from Fingence. yeah. Because I, I don't know, I, I, I want to like, oh, I, I do this some in Fingence too. I try to express like a particular feeling I want from the from from aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to, I guess, I want to do more of that, and yeah. I, I'm not getting necessarily all of that from Fingence, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I guess like I've been working on it for so long that like I've just evolved and changed over time, and so that's probably why.
2: Right, right. I feel
0: like it's not a pure representation of what I, my game design strategies. And
2: stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Martha, the two projects of yours I'm thinking of are um, like your point and click, which is very much you know it, it's a it's of a genre, right? And then also the, that that uh, demo you were uh, doing with the Tilt Brush, which was just a a new gameplay mechanic that you were thinking of, and so that's really the this feels like you are you're at both ends.
1: Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> The point and click is inspired directly from Humongous Games mm-hmm. and will be styled like and probably well. I won't be as good as an animator as them, and don't have a huge team and it's just me. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it will be very similar. I think in my mind it will be anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah, then it, I also go off on experimental branches on mm-hmm. uh, of things. Um, the VR thing that Mark is talking about is an idea I had that I've been sort of prototyping at one point in Tilt Brush, which is in most VR games, people don't stick their head through the walls, even though they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea was to stick like little scenes in walls and then make players put their head through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everything is influenced by something. Right. Yeah, Right. Right. It's like everyone, what's it called? The, um, like creative DNA of a project or something mm-hmm. where it's, or like, um, I, now I can't remember the article or, or, but,
2: uh, well, if it's not in the show notes, then Stephen and I couldn't find it either.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll put it in there if I can remember what it was called. But, uh, this guy was going through all of his influences and putting them in like a, and all of the, those people's, mm-hmm. those people's influences and all those people's influences and making yeah. like a family tree of like all the influences that led to mm-hmm. his project.
2: Right, right. Which
1: awesome. is really cool. That is
0: interesting. I, mm-hmm.
1: I think he was a guy who made lots of poetry with uh, like already made books that he just blacked out other words uh-huh. and to, to make it a new book.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's a diff, a novel creative process, right? And it's... um. Like what you're influenced by can be very, I mean, it really is very wide ranging. And it's it's funny because it's really easy to just uh, turn this into, turn the question, what are your influences to what do you like? And they, it is kind of, I mean, it is uh, to a degree the same question. It's And so like when you look at your own body of work, like the, the, what I'm talking about with like Metro Nexus is I'm like, well, if you just look at the things I've made, um, not just games, but other art that I've done. You could probably, like a forensic analysis, could probably go in and decide, "Look, this has this is probably influenced by this or that." Um, but it's your your process, the what you're thinking. It's just influenced by the things you like and are, and and uh, and inform you. And so, it's a hard discussion to have because in games we talk, we just I think we just talk about it a little differently, even though mm-hmm. it's kind of the same. I don't know. I'm a little bit spun around on this one. Um, <laughs> so, why don't we talk a little bit about each of ours uh, if we have some examples? Um, you know, however many or few, because you think about it, and you're like, well, I could just list all the games I like, but um, there's a couple that I had specifically that I wanted to talk about in different areas of uh, for gaming in particular. So for like storytelling and narrative, um, you know, I've I've I come from a writing background and I've made films, and so I, I think very deeply about these things. But for games, I want to tell stories in a, in a way that's different. Partly because um, if I wanted to tell a story like I would tell it in one of my short films. Just make another short film like that's yeah. so. There's some there's a little bit of like um, restlessness involved in that I think, but part of it is uh, because of the types of games that do tell their stories well that I've been influenced by, particularly the Mist series, and it, because it's it's a it's a mix between the sort of environmental storytelling that I think like Dark Souls has like the biggest cachet in that right now is mm-hmm. if uh, uh, sort of doing that right. Um, and mist has a ton of that, of course. Uh, and then, but also, you know, you find pages of journals and there's full motion video acting. And so it is in in a fa- in, in a sense somewhat cinematic, um, somewhat traditional in its storytelling. But it uses the um, immersion of the player to put you not just in the world, but to put put you in the story in a way that is not linear. And that's that. I mean, it just sounds like obvious, but. That's really unique, but it it does it sort of takes a lot from different things, and it's all it's all very cohesive. I've always liked that, and I think a lot of games don't do that, even when they try. And so I've always liked the fact that um, Mist is this huge, very detailed, and complete world that you as the player can engage with however deeply you want to, and and there is no if you miss something, you haven't lost out, right? And if you um, and if you really dig deep, you also don't necessarily have a better experience. And so I think that's a really interesting balance. I like that a lot, and that really just comes down to world building. And I think that's something I've always wanted to do yeah. with my work, regardless of what form the work takes. I want there to be a lot, I, and I just want myself to think about them. If it's available, uh, uh, you know, in game or not, um, you know, I don't know that that's as important. But for that type of storytelling, I think Mist really does the job.
0: It sounds like you want something that like someone will it will stick with them for a while, right?
2: Yeah, and I. I I mean, I guess I think it's, it's really hard to um, the thing I don't like when artists talk about their art is to say like, um, I know we talk about in gaming what you want the player to feel, but um, I think you, and you want to inspire them to think this is what I was saying, but you really have to let the audience get what they, whatever they want to get out of it, I mm-hmm. guess. So like, like say it, looks, it sticks with you. It's like, I don't know if that's exactly what I want. Okay. Um, I, I but I mean, I'm not saying no to that either okay um I don't know, I'm not being very clear about that <laughs> it's okay um, but because I think it um it, I basically it has to it it shouldn't demand much from the the player, but it should reward engagement mm-hmm. I guess um that's the thing about mist is that it really if it doesn't stick with you, it's still a pretty good experience. Okay. Right? It's not shallow if you don't. Like there yeah. are a lot, there's a lots of, uh, I maybe I don't have a great example. Bioshock's actually a pretty good one. If you don't get the world of Bioshock, you kind of just don't get it, mm-hmm. right? If you don't pick up any of the audio logs and you like sort of quit before the first chapter, like you probably don't really get it. Like you don't, you're not going to experience it in any way. Um, and maybe that's not the best example, but it feels like you, You. it requires you to engage with it up to a level for you to get the deeper meaning it provides. Sure. I guess. Um. And I think, um, and that's something Mist doesn't have to do. It's it's sort of it's a little more effortless than that. And it you know it changes the kinds of stories you tell. Of course, you know it's like um, if you want to let a viewer walk away with just an impression, then that means that there's only so much you can actually say out loud. You know, yeah. In, in that way, um, so one does not preclude the other. But in terms of the, my influences, I would I would lean more towards that kind of you can you can skip along the surface or you can dive in. Okay. You know. Um, I don't know what about you guys for like st- storytelling because I know like Steven that's something that you're interested in but as a gamer you're not as interested in as a designer you've been thinking about
0: it. well as a gamer I'm interested in it it's just a lot of the games I played that aren't interested in it right <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm not I'm I'm really I think I'm inspired by what is lacking I feel like what is lacking uh-huh. so like I have played a lot of games and I, I like a lot of uh I mean like Triple A games, for example, they yeah. have a lot of this stuff, but I feel like they oftentimes they boil down the emotional points to like choices where you have to press A or B, and this is this is what you get. Yeah. Or or uh, press X to pay respects right. or whatever. <laughs> um, and I, I think I'm inspired by that. I want to not. I want more from that. I yeah. want like I want it to actually feel like it means something. Mm-hmm. So I want. I would like to make a game where where
2: it meant something. Well, what, is there a game that you have played where it does?
0: Well, yeah, a lot of the smaller games that I've or some of the smaller games that I've played, I have. Um, they they the decisions you made felt like they were important. Uh, yeah. I can't. We had a we had a co op talk a long time ago. I think I was the one who was running it. Hmm. Um, where it was uh, about like emotional games. Yeah. Things like that, like games that like there were small games, but they just had terms of emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot think of the well one that you've think. talked
2: about is Brothers. Yes, the tale of two sons. Oh that, goodness, yes, like, that's a good one. Yeah, like that. That one feels like it. Um, it it does more with less.
0: It does. Right, 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 right. The way that that game works is uh, what I really like about it a lot because you spend. Oh man, I don't want to spoil stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like this is a regular conflict, uh, but like the ending, like you play with these two brothers and you go through the game and you have different controls for each brother, but uh, the ending turns it on its head. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked that because like I felt something from not just what the game was showing me, but what the game what I was doing in the
2: game. Yeah, right. It was it was using you've described it before, it uses the mechanic to beep a narrative device yes. in a way that it means that you can't just skip the cutscene. Like right. you can't just miss out on that. Yeah. Um, it's it's on right, right, right. It is. And that's that's
0: I wish there was more of that, and that's what I want to do somehow. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe during
2: Ludum Daring we can figure that out. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> well, I thought, what kind of stories do you like in games? What's, uh, what's guiding you going forward?
1: Um, <clears throat> I think now that you've been talking about Myst, now that's all I could think about. <laughs> Mist um, is a really big one. Yeah. Pokemon has been really influential just because it was one of the first video game like video video games that I played. Mm-hmm. I feel like I had all these things before we started talking and <laughs> I should have written them all down.
2: Um, but that, that is information in itself, right? Because I've thought about this too. It's like games are not, I mean, it's a common complaint that games don't tell the best stories, mm-hmm. but it is true. Right. When well, you think about well, the kind of stories you tell, I think my, even my own influences, uh, even when I talk about wanting to tell different types of stories in games, my storytelling influences definitely come from other places. Mm-hmm. Mo- mostly. Yeah.
1: Yeah what I'm getting stuck on is Mm. the difference between stories that I really like and stories that I've like am influenced by to be similar to, because like I would say that movies and and books and stuff are like things that I probably have influenced me more in what sort of stories I want to tell or like comics and stuff. But like there's also a big subset of games that have really good stories that I really like, like, um, uh, tales from the borderlands is a really like that game made me cry. Yeah. Mm. That's a telltale game, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And then, um, portal Mm -hmm. and portal two.
2: Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So next thing I want to talk about, um, like gameplay loops and mechanics. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that I'm particularly influenced by is um, arcade-style games, but from the post arcade era, like the NES SNES era. The idea, like, because there was a time in gaming where like console games were like arcade games, just for a little while, uh-huh. and then there was a transition out where then they'd be, oh, wait, we can make these more campaign-like and give them full-fledged stories and have like 15 different like chapters instead of just stages you know um, but I really like those types of games that um, that are sort of simple and have sh- shorter uh, loops and, and have and are like and you can grasp very quickly but but are not like you know like arcade games where they are so simple and they just eat your quarters like um, like I don't have any examples uh, you know to, to share exactly of who does this perfectly yeah but I think about um, you know like the like the Ninja Turtles game for NES which is not based on an arcade game, uh, unlike the SNES ones. Um, it feels very arcadey, um, but it has a little bit of what we people had already learned, you know, making console games. And so it's um, it's similar to like how uh, it's a little bit off topic, but like we talk about like um, uh, serialized storytelling in television, like everything's. A, and I think of like the two examples I think of are like. Star Trek The Next Generation, which everything is episodic, mm-hmm. and Battlestar Galactica, where everything is a chapter in one big story, and you can't watch any episode without seeing all the others. Mm-hmm. And right in between was Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which, <laughs> which the writers would say, like, we were constantly trying to have more and more serialized storytelling, but they kept fighting us and fighting us. And we only could do it halfway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, good, because that was perfect, right? And so I think similarly about this, this particular era of, of, of console games. Um and so and, and Metro Nexus is definitely influenced by that. Yeah. Um it's very specifically City Connection which was an arcade game and made kind of a clumsy transition to an N- NES game. And so Metro Nexus is going to do a little better than that. But <laughs> I think it does a lot better. Than <laughs> well, thank I played you. that game. <laughs> yeah. But um but like I like those idea and I think that um th- that kind of arcade style gameplay doesn't preclude a lot of the more uh, bigger ideas you can bring to uh, modern indie games, you know. Mm. Um, anyway that's mine. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, oftentimes when I want, like,
0: when I'm thinking about uh, gameplay loops, I really just want games that I used to play when I was a kid that not a lot of people played. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make a game that's kind of very really similar to that. Right. Right. There's this game called, I'm going to, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but it's called Medios or Medios or something. Anyways, it was on the DS uh, and me and my brother and my cousin would play that all the dang time and it was so fun uh i don't think a lot of people had it it was an action puzzle game and there aren't a lot of action puzzle games there's i mean they have like what's it poyo poyo tetris is out on the switch which mm-hmm. is uh good if you really like tetris or poyo poyo or both yeah uh but that's not that's not really my thing i really like Minios because it was it was it was very it was like very competitive you needed another person <laughs> to play it and it was it was fun, yeah. Uh, but I wanted to make another action puzzler that's kind of like that, and I prototype. I did a paper prototype of it that was not successful at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that's how I. That's how I. W- my influences are just games that I had an amazing time playing growing up, and I want more of that. Yeah, that is the quintessential
2: influence. Yep. It's like I want. <laughs> if only more people heard of it. Well, I'll I'll do something about that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's similar. Like I want to make a racer like. Um, like episode one pod racer. Uh-huh.
2: I played the arcade version of that Um, when I was in North Carolina and it's terrible. <laughs> it's real, real bad. The arcade version. Of, no. of episode one racer, oh, okay. yeah. Because I, I remember, I had fond memories of that. We talked yeah. about it. Uh, in, in the a, racing
1: episode. Yeah, we did.
2: And uh, you played the PC version. I grew up with the Nintendo 64 version but I was like, oh, I'm going to try this arcade version. Garbage, just garbage. Oh, Aw, sucks. <laughs>
1: That's disappointing, mm-hmm. well, there needs to be another cool racer like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and civilization uh-huh. slash um slash uh alpha Centauri alpha Centauri actually more because yeah. I actually played that and not civilization as much when mm-hmm. I was a kid um but yeah, that super super good game,
2: yeah,
1: and uh like. The loop is really good.
2: Yeah. Not as many people played Alpha Centauri. Like what's the difference between like the turn in civilization versus in Alpha Centauri?
1: There's not as much differences, Mm -hmm. but the setting is different. You're on a planet and you're, Um, And also, like, the environment is fighting against you Mm. a lot more. So, like, there's these um, indigenous creatures that attack you, but you can also, like, befriend them, and then they become units, and then they, like, spread. um, They, like, you're terraforming, but they're also terraforming Uh against you, basically. So it's a lot more like like you're dealing with this planet as much as you're dealing with the other factions that are... Uh, building cities and stuff like that. And then each faction is, has way more differences than the ones in Civ do mm-hmm. where like your cities look completely different and each one had like the bonuses feel like they mean more. Yeah. Um, and like your, each of them have a, such different ideology than the other ones. Like they could go into extremes that they couldn't with like recreating historical characters. Yeah. So like, one group is way into um environmental stuff and is like has bonuses to, you know, capturing and breeding like indigenous um fauna and stuff uh-huh, uh-huh. and can also like spread the the all the the you know fungus stuff yeah. around. And then like another Gross. one is like yeah. <laughs> another group is like We're isolationists and we don't want anything to do with anybody, and we're just gonna like make underground. Things that are super defense, like defensive yeah. capabilities and like high military, mm-hmm. like might and stuff like that. And it's like so interesting. Each time you play, you can play a different person. Anyway, now I'm just random about <laughs> this game. It is very good. <laughs> well, it's interesting because,
2: like, in Civilization, there are little bonuses and stuff for each of the civilizations, but it is, um, I think it would be loathe to try to make big sweeping statements about how different, like, France and India are, right? Like, because I think that's yeah. touchy and probably not very. It's it's something that the wrong, it's the wrong thing to say, right. but in the realm of science fiction, you can be more metaphorical, and so you can talk more about you can make all of them a little more extreme, more examples of of ideologies, and give them real drawbacks, and and, and all that ties into the gameplay. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like Civilization, but you also got to play a character,
2: and it was really cool. That's fantastic, huh? Yeah. So I mean, like that element of I mean, really tying the the those. That element of, of being of giving you a lot of choice and uh, an influence on the world, um, but also having lots of sort of um, other things to deal with. That's really that's what you're what you're talking about. Right? Yeah, that's really cool. Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, well, the last thing I wanted to talk about that I had examples for. Was uh, and you guys don't have to uh, come up with ones for this, but it's a, sort of a specific one that I know I'm doing in Metro Nexus and I've been thinking about a lot lately because uh, we talked about fighting games recently, right? And we talked about like control styles, yeah. and so um, thinking about like uh, input schemes and control schemes, I'm really influenced by 3D Mario games, and that they um, everything is contextual, and uh, you sort of have chords that you like you you do multiple buttons in certain orders, uh, like. Um, so you have very uh, just a couple of inputs, but you have many possibilities. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm really influenced by that. And I talked about um, uh, how I you know how I want my game. when You're holding the controller to feel like an instrument, mm-hmm. um, and I think that the Mario games do that a lot. The 3D Mario games do. have sort of been reminded recently because of how much Odyssey I've been playing. Right. Um, although no more. I'm all done. Yeah, you got all the wounds. Yeah, and I got all the
0: wounds, and we did finished at the same time. Yeah, there it was, was a, no. It was a total tie. Was, yep. Uh huh.
2: <laughs> I didn't beat you or anything. No.
0: <laughs> okay, I lost. Dang. <laughs> but I, I think I was more efficient. Oh yeah. Because you, because you had, I still haven't played. Because last time I checked, you were at like fifty-five hours or something. Uh huh. And then when I left, um, when I finished, I was at like fifty hours.
2: Oh, okay. I was more efficient. Cool. Cool. Do you have all the purple coins? No. Do you have all the costumes? yeah i do i have all the costumes do you have 999 moons no i that's farming no that's (laughs) there there is a reward there is something you get doc fine (laughs) then i'll get that stuff too (laughs) (laughs) then tell me how many hours okay uh this whole topic was a trick to get to this Uh, i'm kidding okay so (laughs) uh, but i really like those those that schemes schemes in mario and i think uh, frankly uh Mario is a little complicated these days in Mm. in that way, but Mm. I think that that I like that that there are a few buttons, but that you have to do you you can sort of master the inputs and it becomes um, uh, um, becomes sort of autonomic as you do that as you do them, uh, which I really like.
0: There was a what was it? Uh, uh, Mark Brown, I watch his videos all the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he brought a what was it? It was something verbs, something (laughs) actions. But anyway, it was like. Like, if you can do a bunch of things with this one action, like, for example, in Mario games, you can jump, but there's a lot of things you can do with jump. You can jump to another platform, you can jump on something's head, you can uh, jump into a block. Yeah, uh, There's a whole bunch of different actions you can do with that one verb. Right, uh, right, right. I cannot remember the name of the thing.
2: We'll, defi- like, we'll find it. We will find it. We'll put it, it in there, because I, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, that, yeah, that idea that, yeah, you just you have a jump, but it, it enables so many um uh results yeah in yeah. the game depending on where you are mm-hmm. um you know the environmental conditions of the thing, uh, whether the jump is in a safe or unsafe space, whether there's an enemy or not, like all those things and there's a lot of combinations. Yeah, yeah. And, and it I, sounds like that's what you want. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. And and I, I've done a I think I've done an okay job of taking that that thinking into Metro Nexus. Mm-hmm. Um but uh more playtesting is required. <laughs> <laughs> As always. Um, okay, so I, I want to talk a little bit about m- my own uh, influences elsewhere, particularly in film, yeah. because I think that applies to a lot of the work I do. It's specifically uh, aesthetics, mm-hmm. so um, and I think that's definitely the obvious category for being wide, more more wide open with influences. And maybe you guys can give some examples there. Um, but um, definitely, like uh, the filmmakers. They aren't. They don't. They have not made my favorite films, but they are the ones that have influenced me the most. It's what I feel most clearly separating the difference between something I like and something I'm influenced by. Yeah. Um, the first one is uh, David Fincher, who I think most people know from, uh, he did Fight Club and he did Gone Girl oh, okay. and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and he did the pilot of uh, House of Cards and blah, blah, blah. Um, I right. have always loved his filmmaking style and the way he does composition. And also his workflow is really fascinating and it's actually... I was very heartened to learn how similar it is to the way I work as an editor, um, which is he'll take a scene that he shot and then he will assemble it in editing regardless of what the performances were. So he'll take one actor's take one and another actor's take seven and he'll like actually put them in the same shot Uh. and he'll composite them and like, it just takes all the material he has to build it up, and I feel like I've definitely done that with my, you know, short films. And it's a lot of stupid work, um, <laughs> and it's very tedious. But like, it's always been my natural inclination to not just pick a best take, and uh, and I've always I've always appreciated that workflow that he has done. And I felt like, oh, great, it validates the, the effort I've put into doing something similar. But um, also, uh, his work is very much um, focused on. Uh, a shot composition yeah. as a way as a, which is, this is all, all films are like this really. But, but I think uh, the way he does it, I think is very um, inspiring to me um, that you um, like, uh, he's not one to do like a three minute w- shot to impress you. Right. It's uh, it, everything is, is uh, uh, contextual and, um, and uh, the, w- the way the shots are framed. I've always really liked that. Um, and speaking of that, Wes Anderson is another filmmaker who is sort of famously uh, composition focused. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Darjeeling Limited, the um, uh, Royal Tenenbaums, um, the Grand Budapest Hotel—those are his films, and they're very uh, cute and flat. They have this flat sort of look, yeah. and I've always liked that as a graphic designer. And um, I think it's—I think a lot of indie filmmakers are influenced, perhaps too much, by his sort of sense of twee. But um, but I've always appreciated his approach to uh, typography and also the way you put characters in frames um, to to. Uh, um, to highlight their alienation or their connection. Mm. And you can do that in really interesting ways that is, can sometimes do outside of the normal um, sort of language of film. Um, there's this great sequence in The, the Life Aquatic where you, basically they built the entire ship and cut it in half. So it could be a cross section, so they can move a camera crane up and down. And it, it just this idea that, I mean, it's a, cl- it's a clever shot. But it's also very telling because the set is only half the set. The actors cannot walk across the room because it doesn't mm, exist. Mm-hmm. And so all the actors have this sort of heightened performance because they have to pretend that it's the whole thing. And uh, it, it, all, it feels very dollhouse, you know, uh, uh, styling. Yeah. And that, that affects the actor's performance and the way the story is told. It's not just an interesting, like, camera trick. It influences all those other elements. And so I've always liked, I think mean, everyone who copies Wes Anderson misses that second part. And they just do the sort of, like, you know, the, the, the way he assembles a shot. And I, I I want that in my games as well, mm-hmm. um, not just in the sort of narrative elements of the cutscenes, but I want I want you to really take a screenshot of my game and it to be compositionally sound where where whenever you do it. And that's I mean that's a tall order, but that's something I always think about. Um, like I will really I will just fuss over like how many pixels to the left a thing goes, um, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like Mark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I think that's and I think that's really important to. To expressing yourself, mm-hmm. to um, at least it's important to me to express myself. Yeah, like maybe it's not as important to other people to get their ideas across, um, but that's what so Fincher and Anderson both are very composition focused, and that's a big point of their storytelling. Um, and the last one is Orson Welles for the pretty much the same reason. If you've ever seen Citizen Kane, um, you know that it is like a obsessively composed film, um, sort of with this uh, weird long focus. It's sort of funny because like depth of field is a is a is a thing that. Um, like a sh- shallow depth of field. It's like a big feature on smartphones now. Um, and it's always, it's always been a sign of high quality film. Uh-huh. But back in the old days, all cameras worked that way. And so the, the novelty was to have sharp focus, infinite focus everywhere. And so Citizen Kane is a great one where there is no, everything is in focus from the front to the back. And it's this amazing camera techniques that they would do to get that to work. But then as a result, you had to uh, define focus in a different way uh, about how you framed things and where you put them, how you had lines pointing in certain ways because you, everything was in focus. Mm. And it's a, it's, it's a thing that not, not a lot of people are influenced by, but I find it really fascinating. And again, as a graphic designer, it's very much in tune to my sense of, of style. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit of a trip for me, but is there, <laughs> I mean, outside of games, doesn't have to be films, but um, you know, what influences you in any way as you work as a game designer? I find
0: or in that, any other way. I find myself influenced a lot by jazz music. Yeah. I love jazz music. Um and I, one day I would like to make some form of an in in improvisational game where yeah. like it's like you're playing jazz in a game and I don't but not like actually playing jazz. Mm-hmm. It's a weird description. Yeah. But at any rate, like I don't know. I think that like a lot of, a lot of the, the improvisation is all what jazz is. It's mm-hmm. that, That's the, that's the, the building block of that genre, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I like a lot. Like that's a lot of what I like in games is being able to come up with something on the fly mm-hmm. um, that you need to, in order to, instead of like all of the decisions being made for you, you need to make a decision and it might not be the right decision, but it's the best decision for you at this moment. Right.
2: It all works. Well, you just drew a line from jazz to fighting games. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> that's I and mean, that's great. Yeah, that, that's interesting. So, are you more? I mean, it sounds like you're interested in, in the experience of a of a someone who's playing jazz. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you don't play jazz. I do not. But my brother uh, plays jazz. He yeah, plays a saxophone. But I mean, are you? I mean, because I think that a lot of people talk about the sort of jazz experience. They do talk about that sort of improvisation. Mm-hmm. But listening to jazz is its own experience. It is right. Is right. That, and that, that doesn't that, that's a different I, that's thing. That's kind of
0: what I that's kind of what I want to. Like, well, I don't know, part of the part of it is like when I'm listening to jazz, you can sometimes feel like what the player what the player if it's really good, you can yeah. feel what the player is like feeling
2: at that moment. Right, you you can empathize with their experience. Right, right, right. That's and I want
0: and I would like that in game mm-hmm. form. And just that's what I. That's what I, I think. That's what my ultimate goal in, in in video games is: is to get that experience to happen in yeah. video games, and I, I, I work towards that.
2: Well, you, I mean, you don't even need a gameplay system that's itself improvisational yeah. for that to work, right? You you could do that through a, a story that has that same kind of feeling of in of in the momentness. Yeah. Right. There was a game that was made by a jazz player.
0: But he's not the the jazz player was not a game designer. I can't remember the huh. name of the game, but I will find it and put it in the show notes. Cool, cause it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that makes me think about uh, Irish music. Now that's a big influence for me. Hmm. Where Irish music is like the exact opposite of jazz music, where the whole thing is rhythm and, um, like, you're not really playing notes; you're playing a rhythm. Right. Um, And you just you just keep going, and no one improvises, and you just play a lot of notes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's Um, no vamping around a theme or anything. Like,
1: it's very formulaic. It's like you get a a b b a a b b, then Mm -hmm. you switch to a new tune. Yeah, Uh, and you like put sets of twos and threes together, and they yeah. And nobody nobody improvises. You play yeah
2: music yeah, and so this is something that's like. You're thinking about a lot, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I would love to do a, like a rhythm game mm-hmm. based on Irish music. I think that would be super awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, would it be in the vein of of Rock Band, where it would be sort of like emulating it, or would it be sort of, I mean, there's I just mean, different ways to do it. The right?
1: dream, which would not get any money whatsoever, <laughs> okay. would be that you could play your instrument with. It would be like um, recreating a sort of like session like feel, yeah, mm-hmm. where you actually play with. The thing and it would somehow know if you like you'd learn could learn tunes through it oh sure Mm. um but I don't know how that would work yet (laughs) (laughs) um I think I've been really influenced by the Miyazaki movies okay Um, yeah um just for like story and aesthetics and like how he builds worlds yeah uh are so cool and um
0: so it's just kind of like a, it feels more personal. Maybe that's part of why, I, I, at least I'm having sort of a hard time coming up right. with what I want to say.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it like I think, Murtha, you hit it earlier, which is it's it's hard to separate what you like versus what you could really right. talk about in this way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yep. exactly. Yeah.
1: Because I had this list in my head of all these things that I super like, and you could probably... Go through them, you would know because I already have said them a bazillion times. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, have they really influenced what I'm going to make? Yeah. Or do I just really like them?
2: Right, right. And is that, I mean, that's, I think it makes it difficult to talk about. I think that it's certainly expressing those influences. Maybe you just never know if they do, but they probably do, you know? Um, it's but like that,
1: you have to go through something that you've made and then. Like you make something and then you have to go back and analyze it and be like, "Why? What was I influenced by to yeah. make this thing?"
2: You know, that's a, that's actually a good segue to the sort of the sort of last thing I really want to talk about, which is about like um, because when I when I think about you know I had more time than you guys to prep this topic and I it is hard to come up with like the list of the games which you feel are the strongest influences mm-hmm. and I think um, it makes me feel sort of self conscious because I'm not as much a, like a gamer as you know I'm not as in I'm not as like fluent. In in games, I think as a lot of other people are, and um, you know, famously Rami Ismail said, like you know, be a developer and you don't have to be a gamer, and got a lot of flack from that. And I've always thought that was I was like, oh, great, that gives me permission to not worry about it. But um, like you know, in this, it, you this is a tentacle art, right? And, and, and the design, like it's it's not a good idea to not look at what's out there. Yeah. But but when I when I write. Um, I do tend to not worry about what my influences are, right? I don't, I don't, I don't formally put them in. I don't, which I, and not a, you know, unless you're trying to copy something, no one really does that. But I mean, I don't, I don't dwell on where this came from. And um, as a game designer, I feel this, I feel the same way. Like I just, I'm just going to make it. And whether it's something that comes from some, I don't, whatever, I don't care. And, um, and I also am not, and I, like I I don't know I don't care if it's proven I guess yeah um, as an idea I just care if it matters to me if it makes sense in the moment and then that's what playtesting is for to see if it if <laughs> right, it works right. um, but that's the question is like you know do, like Stephen you're making a bullet hell game do you do you find that you need to know a lot about that genre or that uh, audience to make a successful game, game? game? is uh, what,
0: okay so. I absolutely don't think that you need to be a gamer or have any experience in this genre in order to make a game. Mm-hmm. Because I th- I think in fact I feel like we should get more people who aren't gamers to make games so that we
2: can get more games. Yeah. It's just Oh yeah, just, just as, do as, that. as in as in the interest of like volume. <laughs> right, like, yeah. We there's, just there's need more some, games. Some percentage of them will be masterpieces. You're right, like, right. And, and even <laughs> if they're not, like
0: you can still learn something from it. Yeah. So um but That's a great way to put it. <laughs> but uh Specifically with Vengeance, uh me and Lane and Charles do not really play shmups. Yeah. So we didn't really have a good understanding of what like people who play shmups want. Yeah. Um, and in fact, our game is probably not the best for people who play shmups. Yeah. Unless you're talking about Euro shmups, which is a sub genre of shmups where like you've done some learning in the meantime. I have. <laughs> I, I didn't. So the um, Asper Gunners folks, Sadie Bros, um, they told me about this term. Yeah. And it's kind of a. Uh, well, they didn't know it at the time, but it's sort of a derogatory term for these kinds of games. But a lot of Euro schmups have like health bars, mm-hmm. um, where like if you get hit, you aren't, you won't, you don't immediately die, and like your body, the whole of your body is uh, is the thing that takes damage. So sort of the little pixel or whatever you can use to dodge bullets, right? Um, and then they're not so focused on scoring systems. Uh, that is our game. Yeah, <laughs> it's in fact so heavily influenced by that without realizing it that like. Health is the main mechanic, and like you can get more health, and you like you emphasized on buying more health, and like characters need more health to, to defend. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at any rate, that's fine. I think Vengeance is fun. I think it's good, and I think yeah. it's interesting. I just I don't necessarily think that it's for all smart players, but that's okay. Yeah, maybe that becomes a marketing problem later.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. But it's not a design problem. No, no, yeah, not at all. Huh? Yeah, I I I'm totally with you there. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes I think. um genres can be uh, not not like elitist or gate kept but like yeah. I think it is going to be a problem for you as you try to sell the game because the audience you will initially try to sell to will be that audience but it isn't exactly who you designed it for right? but it's definitely gonna be the ones who look at it first right. and that's that's not ideal but it's not you know it's not a death mail or anything yeah yeah interesting yeah. thankfully we made the, the game looks not like a schmuck either right <laughs>
0: so it's probably <laughs> appealing to a different audience as well. uh-huh.
1: yeah I would Play that up more than I because I wouldn't even call it a shoot 'em up, like that's not what I would describe it as, uh-huh. anyway. Mm-hmm. I would
2: say it's a bullet hell, <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay, well, I guess we had a couple other things to sort of talk about with this, but we really covered it as we went along, and mm-hmm. so I, it's just it's like an open question. Well, right? I like
0: this question you have here, though. Which is how, what? how how can influences overwhelm you or
2: hinder your own creativity? Yeah, I mean, we touched on a little bit about like what you know, like over relying on them. Yeah, um, as a thing that no one would recommend to do. Right. But
1: yeah, it's like at what point are you just recreating the same like thing? Does it become a copyright violation because you just made literally <laughs> right. the same game? Yeah, right,
2: right. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, it, this is what you were describing with AAA games, which is that they, uh, they're they so heavily influenced by a standard mm-hmm. that um, they they tend to limit what's possible. And I think that's definitely true as you're designing. I mean, we talked about it in the episode, we talked about uh, um, control schemes. Yeah. Where we're talking about like, well, A should probably just be jump, like, most of the time, It right. doesn't have to be, but you have to pretty have a pretty good reason for it not to be. Mm-hmm. And like this thinking kind of goes counter to that, which is like you shouldn't be held back by anything. And I don't, not one is not the right answer over the other, but it, they're both things to think about. Yeah, you know, um, and definitely if you are, especially as, as you start as a game designer, you're like I, I love these games, I want to make one like it. And this is definitely true of like the modding community, mm-hmm. where if you start as a developer because you were modding games initially. Then naturally, the, those are the types of games you want to make, and that's that is fantastic. You have a leg up. You understand it. There's like there's lots of reasons to do that. But at the same time, I think that path is a little bit more fraught because it means you can be you're so influenced by that that area, that genre, and and your experiences with games because your development experience is is mixed in with your playing experience. Yeah, and I think it it, it can. I worry they can limit creativity, but I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that it, it automatically does. I'd be really interested to hear from people who started out their sort of game design careers or hobbies as modders at, to you know and and what they you know and how they felt that influenced mm-hmm. their, uh, their their growth as a designer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know I, what I really liked about the question is that like I think it's okay to like literally just remake a game. Yeah. As long as you're not necessarily trying to sell it; you're just trying to learn something from it.
2: Oh, I suppose so. Um, yeah, I've talked on the show before about how novelty is overrated, mm-hmm. and I, and that's definitely—I totally believe that. Um, but at the same time, um, it doesn't mean you shouldn't—you know—that you should be a slave to what came before. Yeah, um, like, as in all things, it's, there's a balance, right? Right, right.
1: You could make the same game over and over and over and over again. <laughs>
2: Martha, <laughs> you are so good at this.
1: Now.
2: That's my job. <laughs> no, that was that was beautiful. Yeah.
1: Repetition in games.
0: Repetition in games. <laughs> repetition in games.
1: Now it's just going to be us repeating
2: each other over and over again. Yes, and again
1: and again. <laughs> so, game video games are a lot about repetition. Uh-huh. You do things over and over again. Um, why? is that fun <laughs> is what I'm trying to answer. And because I don't know. It's,
2: I, because by definition it's insane and insanity is fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the first thing I would like to talk about is like games that have good reputation uh, repetitions and what games turn into grinding and what makes them good versus a grind. Yeah. Do you guys have any ideas of what makes a good loop? Or a good rep- repetition, repetition thing.
0: Repetition loop. Can I make a controversial statement and say that repetition in games is, should be discouraged? Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. I mean, go
0: ahead and say that. I said it. Why do you think that? I don't know. I feel like, well, I don't know. I, I, I get real bored of grinding in games and doing the exact same thing over and over and over again because I could just be doing something new Which is very strange for me because like I do like routine. Yeah. Like eat the same foods and like (laughs) drive the same routes and whatever. But like You don't do that for fun. (laughs) I suppose I don't do that for fun. I do that because I don't want to deal with a whole bunch of new decisions. But I also would I don't want to do the exact same thing over and over again. I think that it's important for there to
2: be spontaneity and not just repetition. I agree with that. Pretty much fully, yeah, but I think that um, where I hope you're, you won't, won't be misinterpreted by our listeners, yes. is that there's a difference between like grinding in an MMO, mm-hmm. right, where you were literally doing the same thing, or you know like if you're going to try to get those last costumes uh, in Mario, yeah. you sometimes have to go to the same places and pick up the same coins. yeah that's right there's a difference between that and like a gameplay loop like Tetris, where you're right. doing literally the same thing every second and a half. But it is a, an evolving uh, right. narrative. It you're, you're doing the same thing, but it is uh, you're reacting in different ways. And, you're right. Yes, a right. gameplay loop should be repetitive.
0: It's a loop. That's yeah. what they're supposed to be. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but like, like in in Tetris, for example, you have to be adaptive to to the different pieces and things that come up. You yep. can't just like do the same thing over and over again because you might not get a line piece for a very long time, or maybe you need an L piece and it just hasn't shown up yet. I don't know. Uh, but like that that you you have to be adaptive to what what happens in it whereas like in an MMO a lot of it is just go to this place kill these bad things and go to this place give the stuff to this person and then go to this place kill the bad thing and it's the same thing yeah and that i can't stand uh uh-huh. that's my feeling
1: <laughs> <laughs> see i disagree okay uh-huh. uh i thought of this topic because i was playing a lot of destiny 2 mm-hmm. and in destiny 2 you have to do the same things over and over again. Like Mm -hmm. go to the same places and um, there's these public events they're called and you show up and a bunch of other players show up at the same time. Or like they show up on the map and everyone flocks to them. And then um, like one of three different events happens, like one of three different challenges, Uh and you have to just do them over and over again and you get loot at the end of them. And it's so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun, huh. and like each time, it's like there's two different levels of them. If you do the right things, you um, can get like a harder enemy that shows up, and then if you defeat it, you get better loot. Yeah. Um. Then if but if you do the, then if you did the um easier version of it. And so, like each time you're like, oh, can we get the bad guy, like the big bad guy to show up? And then, oh man, we've defeated. I don't know. It's just so much fun.
2: (laughs) Uh, And. Well, it seems like the the ingredient there that keeps that from being a grind is the the suspense, the anticipation. Like you're doing the same. It seems like it's the same bit, bit of mission that you've done almost verbatim before, but that you're going for something that's either a higher score or you're going for a random chance at a at a, a different outcome and that sense of like suspe- that that suspense can can hold your attention and be the entertaining part am, am i getting close <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think the other part is that it's a social game Mm. so you're doing it with other people Yeah, um, and the group of people you're doing it with can be different each time.
0: Yeah, right. right. I imagine that the mundanity of the game helps the social aspect of it, right? Yeah, Yeah,
1: because everyone's doing the same things But like, oh, at the beginning of this one, I saw this random person and they were doing like this really cool dance on top of an enemy or whatever. Uh, (laughs) um, And like, you know, everyone seems to be, you can't really, there's no chat or anything. So the only things you can do are like in game, like emotes at each other. And it's really cool because... The only there is only like positive emotes, really. So it's only people being silly at each other. Right.
2: right. Um, And that the repetition of the sort of task at hand is important to to bring out the rest of that stuff. Yeah. Whereas if it wasn't there, then that other stuff wouldn't be as effective. Right. Because you'd have to
0: focus more on the task instead of like the the people. So I can understand that aspect of it. That seems fine. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like life, right? Like, (laughs) I suppose a lot of people's lives are mundane, including mine, I suppose, in a lot of ways. And so like when you interact with people, it's sometimes new people, or sometimes these people had different experiences, so it feels more exciting because they get to express that to you or something. So that's kind of cool.
1: And it's like, um, I think another part of it is it's very comforting Uh because you know it's going to happen. It's like watching a movie that you've watched before. yeah, Or... Um, I was reading an article in Kotaku that will link um that uh this player goes and and plays in the same the same things again because it's you know just like a routine it's comforting it's like you know I don't know
0: <laughs> like animal crossing, yeah, that's literally what animal crossing is i I mean I stopped playing that game because. One, I think I like started missing stuff and I didn't want to go back to it because there'd be a bunch of weeds and stuff and I didn't want to disappoint my neighbors and, yeah. <laughs> and now they're all probably like just dead or something <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's depressing. I don't know they I just are real happens. real mad at you they just get really I mad. went
1: back to an Animal Crossing that I hadn't played Oh, okay. In, uh, the one that I played Um, And tried playing it again, and they were all like, well, screw you. You didn't (laughs) weed the gardens, so now all your points are gone. Plus, all these people moved out, so, because their town sucks. (laughs) And it's all your
0: fault. Start over. Somehow that feels worse than just them all being dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Schrodinger's Animal Crossing.
2: (laughs) Have you, guys, have you played the uh, Animal Crossing mobile game that just came out? I have not. I that. have not either. No? Have you? No. It just doesn't seem up. My, I want to try it, but I'm like, nah. you're like, I got other things to do. Yeah. I've heard cool. so
1: many things about how it just is a money pit. Of, uh, like. Ooh.
2: I've had, It I've takes heard mixed, so long. I've heard mixed things about it. But yeah. I think, man, you're probably Yeah, people right. post screenshots on Twitter and I'm like, oh, this is like the greatest thing of the century. But yeah, I have heard comments that, that it's like the gameplay isn't so genuine and like, nah, I don't know. Um, I mean that's kind of what Animal not not that saying Animal
0: <laughs> Crossing is genuine, but like you kinda of just play it for fifteen minutes, do the routine stuff and then stop. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. Right? Okay. I don't know. I haven't played it.
1: <laughs> well, we'll have to see.
2: Yeah. Well how can I mean are there examples of repetition that because um, it seems like that they, they really are meant to be sort of this sort of like um the 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 just like the base of a of a grander experience. Um, but if you don't have like the social aspect and you don't have that sort of, um, that element, like the sort of the raid boss kind of elements, what, um, I mean, is it still possible to make repetition work in a way that is as engaging as it is in these cases?
1: Um, single player, I see repetition as like either being a loop, like, like um, Civilization Uh or a Stardew Valley where you're doing different things, but it's like a turn-based sort of thing or a Uh day-based thing, like one more day. Um, Or it can be like in Mario um, or like I assume Dark Souls is (laughs) or any hard game where it's like you have to master it so you have to do it over and over again in order to beat it. Right, hard games like Dark Souls or Mario.
2: yeah. (laughs) They are hard. No, I like it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, in Mario Odyssey, um, every world has m- similar challenges in it. So, um, you know, as I was getting close to uh, 100% of the game, Steven I 100% of that game, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to do some of the same things over and over again in different worlds. And that I found that very tedious uh, in certain ways and, and really rewarding in other ways. And it was entirely whatever task it was. So like, um, there is a, a thing called hint art, where each world has like a little picture frame on a wall that has just this weird abstract image either it 's a it 's an in game photo or it 's a graphic or something and it 's it 's just a clue as to where you can find a hidden moon in another world mm-hmm. and um, there 's no like rumble feedback when you get close you 're really just meant to solve this puzzle and and each one of them has this, and near the end of the of the game i there was a lot of those were the hardest ones to get, and so i sort of had a lot of them left over at the end and doing them one after the other, that was really fun. Uh, Although I don't know if the gameplay itself was repetitious, but like the sort of the thinking of it, and on the other hand, near the end of the game, you have to race the Koopa dude with the backwards hat like twice in every world, yeah, and I hated it so much.
0: You know what? You had told me that those were like annoying and hard, and I did it, and they were like pretty easy. No, no, I didn't say they
2: were hard. Oh, I said they were annoying. Oh, (laughs) I didn't like doing them. Okay, I kind of liked it because you got you had to figure out a, a, a good path. Yeah, it feels like I, I really should have liked it, but I had to do it so many times. Yeah. I think that was the problem. Is that it, it was like, you know, if, if it came up less often, um mm-hmm. I might I might have liked it a little more. Sure. I yeah. think. Yeah. But yeah, there's like those kinds of there's certain repetitive tasks and it does depend on what the task is, I guess. I mean that's sort of not a big insight, I guess. But
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's like it, I guess it it sounds like it's a difference between if you think have to think about it or you just have to Execute some sort of um like the, the way you have to think about it because yeah. like the picture frames are a puzzle,
2: yeah, um, that might not have been the best example of a good because it is kind of different in the way
1: no, but, but like that might be part of it, yeah, I think I because like one you're like having to having to solve a visual puzzle each time, which is is all slightly different, where the yeah. other one it sounds like it's just i haven't done any of the backwards hat Koopa things, right, but it sounds like you just have to like run. And that's not as interesting,
2: <laughs> right? It is. I mean, like it can be individually, but when you have to, well, actually, the worst one is it, the worst of it is that you have to do it once, and then if you want to get another moon, you have to do it again a little faster. Mm. And um, that's not like I said. It's not doesn't. Some of them are harder than others. Yeah, but it is that is literally the exact same course. The first time you go through it, it you can sort of find the shortcuts or whatever, or maybe you don't need to find the shortcuts to beat the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always did. I always tried to find so. The second time I went through it, oh, it was just the exact same thing again. Right, and I didn't like that at all. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that, that's actually worse than what I was trying earlier, which is just having to do it in each world. I it really that, is the having to do the exact same thing. I twice. I think it's
0: mm, exact same thing twice. It's just like grinding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that, like, I, I, specifically with this with this generation, I think they made it an easier one for people who want to do the racing, but yeah. they don't know how to get to the good path or they
2: haven't figured it out yet. And then the second one is for people who. Want to?
0: Or.
2: Right. It's des- it's des- it's designed yes. with that intention, right? And I think that's where it, b- it might fail a little bit there, yeah. where because it doesn't like a lot of times I would get a better score my, on the when I when I got the first moon than mm-hmm. on the second one, mm-hmm. um, which isn't to say I'm super awesome at it. Just it happened to be some of them were easier than others, yeah. and then the the second time I went through it, I'm like, oh, like, I don't know what the time I need to beat is, but I would look, I'm like, oh, that's. Uh, worse than I got last time and I still got the better, whatever, you know what I mean? And so I think maybe they could have done, maybe they could have done three tiers of it or something, or I don't know what the way to solve that, Mm -hmm. but it just, it never felt, it never felt like it did what it wanted to do uh, in that case. And so, yeah, it's a matter of like calibrating it. Yeah.
1: Get the right feel.
2: Yeah. Uh But I mean, it like, I think the, 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 the thing, if the world changes the repetition can really work as a, a way to communicate with a changing world. The way it is in Tetris, and I think that in that case we were really—I think we're being really strict about the definition Mm. because we were talking up top about that. But um, but I think that as you that as a tool as a way to yeah way to communicate with the world, I think is be really useful. I mean, arcade games are all that, right? Yeah, Um, and they're particularly interesting to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I I know that. I guess there's a sort of like
0: you were saying earlier, Martha. There's a sort of comfort in like a repetition. Yeah. So maybe. I imagine that some people like grinding just because, like, they have to do the same thing, so they don't have to focus on it, and mm-hmm. so they can just kind of relax doing it.
1: It's like um, my boyfriend Dylan plays Elite Dangerous, mm-hmm. which is a game where there is literally nothing to do. Uh, you have to go back and forth in planets uh, and suns and things, and um, there are like trading, trading. Missions yeah. you
2: can take. He may have described it on an Evil Games Club episode.
1: Yes, probably. It's yeah. one of the games he's played the most. Mm-hmm. Um, because he can play it while well, watching movies and doing other things. Mm-hmm. It's like a sort of comforting, I'm in space now, and also watching movies in space <laughs> now. <laughs> like, uh-huh. um, because it's like you have to, to spend a lot of time just traveling to a star. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like... Um, <laughs> Uh, recently, um, desert bus for hope happened, uh, which is, a some people playing, um, desert bus for like a billion, a billion hours. And it's sort of like that where like, there's nothing happening except for you driving a spaceship or a bus and then doing other things while doing that.
2: Oh, news on that. Uh, desert bus just the other day, based on when we recorded this, got a VR release and it's free. What the? And it's official, and they put a lot of work into it. I guess.
1: Oh my god! um, And there's a
2: multiplayer mode where you can can network with other VR players who sit in the back of the bus and throw bits of paper at you. So that I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I get that it's a jokey game, but they did actually put work into this to really release the thing. Um, So you're telling
0: me someone has to sit in a VR thing for eight hours and turn slightly for Okay. You uh, can't pause because <laughs> you can't pop because it's a VR game and you're in a helmet. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Yep. I mean, whatever. That's <laughs> we, can, we can debate the merits of okay, desert bus sure. later.
2: <laughs> well, no, the, the bu- desert bus by itself is fine. VR just, I just, I don't know. Well, what. it's interesting because I, when I saw that multiplayer yeah. feature, I'm like, Oh, that's a clever thing to add. But like, why? Like, mm-hmm. does that add to the joke at all? No, I think what it is, is it's that thing that Dylan does, which is to experience that monotony with others. Mm. In in a in a social environment, I, I like I never considered it from that angle, but but now that you've reminded me of the way he plays that game, it actually makes a lot of sense as an actual feature. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Huh. Yeah. I definitely. That's. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe I just don't get it. Well, Steven, you were the one who said games don't have to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> did say that.
1: I think as we've been talking, I was thinking about how like um, my mom has this saying where it's like you. You learn the most when you already know 90% of the material or 80% of the material or something like that. And it's like each, like a lot of the loops that and repetition that we've been talking about have been fun because they add a little something on the, on the end of it. Yeah. Like, um, like in Mario, for example, you end up doing a lot of the same sort of puzzles, but then they add some little twist in there mm-hmm. at the end. Right. I like they, like each world has the same sort of enemies. Like each one has Koopas, but they add one more type that you can yeah, yeah. each time. Uh-huh. Um, so I was I was thinking about that. Like repetition can be helpful for learning things, uh, learning mechanics of the game.
2: Yeah, and it can also be a framework to introduce new things, mm-hmm. right? In, like how you're describing. Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it.
1: So, have you ever like I was thinking about how when you watch. Like I watch, end up watching a lot of movies over again when I'm like, oh, I don't really want to. I just want to like relax, and so I'm just gonna like put this movie on again. Yeah. Um, are there games that you've gone back to just to do again?
2: <laughs> uh, for me, not really. Um, I mean, unless it's been a long, long time and I can experience it anew to some degree, right? But I think that's I think that's not true of a lot of people. I, I always feel a little bit when people are like, "Oh, I've like, what is it?" Uh, Felix will tell us about how many times he goes through uh, Skyrim or like over and over again. And you, oh, like, yeah. you, you, you. Well, know, yeah,
0: but my case is different. I mod it, so it's a different yeah. experience every time. I right,
2: right. He'll start a new thing and just do it over. At least the way he's described it to yeah. me. And I'm just like, I can't, I couldn't handle that. I, I would go insane if, yeah, I like, I, you know, I've I've been down on the Assassin's Creed franchise for a couple of years, but like, I those are some of my favorite games, these earliest ones. I don't know if I'll ever play those again. Mm. I, I don't feel I have to, and still enjoy, and still rem, you know, it, still consider them my favorites. You know, uh, so I'm definitely not like that at all.
0: Yeah, when I was younger and didn't have as many games, I would play a game over and over again. But now, oh, there's sure. a bajillion and two games, and I have some money and not as much time, <laughs> so I I don't really want to play games over. Yeah, um, I don't really do that with a lot of things, like except for music, um, and even with music, I need these I don't want to listen to the same thing over and over again unless I love the song um, so like I want something different mm-hmm. each time
2: I think the exceptions are competitive games that are more like uh, right. games in the old world sense you know like yeah you know right because those those are different when you play them each time right exactly You're playing a new exactly.
0: opponent or yeah. something has changed or
2: whatever oh and I did think of one uh, Rock Band Uh, That's one I would, you know, it's much. It's a social game for Uh sure, but I would not. I I do. I'm very picky with my music taste, so I would only play the songs I like, which is like not the way to play Rock Band because you only (laughs) get like a third of the catalog. Yeah, but um, but I would do the ones, same ones over and over again, Um, even if I didn't. And and I'm not. I didn't really go for high scores in that game, so I I guess that that counts. Nice. Yeah,
1: Yeah, um, I go back and play games from when I was a kid all the time. Yeah, Uh, but I think I'm might be. I'm very nostalgic about things, uh-huh. so, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked about you know, the Humongous Games probably too much on this right. show. And
2: those are <laughs> uh, that is really fascinating in this context because you have talked about how you go back to those games a lot, and that they're really narrative, and there you described some uh, variety if you go through a second or third time, but only so much. Yeah. So that I mean, that's really telling that like it shows how much you love it, and also the. The tolerance you have for repetition,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'll go back and play like other story games like Portal again too. Sure. I guess that's like watching a movie again because yeah. you're like hearing the same story again, right? Just right. in a different medium. Mm-hmm.
2: I do watch movies and TV shows over again uh, often enough, as much as a lot of people do. But I, I think games are because it's a different participatory experience. I don't. I don't see a line between them as much. But that just might be that's the way I, I don't. I don't for myself see the line between them. Um, but for you, it, it it might you might have the same feeling, right? It sounds like anyway.
1: Yeah, I think it's nostalgia or like yeah. mac and cheese or you know <laughs> I'll eat that over and over. Again. <laughs> so like that reminds me of like like repetition is also a feature in other genres of or d- other um, mediums like music is he- heavily heavily. Um, Repetition based. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been lots of articles and studies. I'll link one to the Guardian had an article about it recently. Yeah. Or anyway that I found um, about how most music is based on repeating parts of phrases and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, right. That's true. There's a chorus usually in a lot of pop songs yeah, and stuff like yeah,
2: that. Yeah. And, and some of the the most popular music tends to have that that wind up to a chorus because it is you're, you're getting people ready for the repetition, and because which is just telling—it's how peop, how much people want it, right? And how many you see lyrics printed out, and it says like "oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah" like thirty times. And like <laughs> that's the dumbest thing. And then like then when you hear the hear the thing, it doesn't seem so dumb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Right.
1: And like we were talking about Irish music, like that's a huge thing, and it is repeat, 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 change, repeat, 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 change, and like right. the repeating like sets you up for the changes and stuff like that
0: it's interesting that you bring it up when we were listening and you play Irish music uh, y- y'all wanted us to like applause when you were changing songs instead of like during the song I just find it interesting that the change is what's the interesting part that you wanted us to clap at. but yeah <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's like a big part of it is mm-hmm. um, audience participation in the change of the song you like uh, or change of the tune you like cheer and whoop at, at you know woohoo yeah.
2: but yeah. you're still playing yeah. so we were like wait should we whoop now like, <laughs> right. we don't want to throw them off sometimes I just didn't know when change changed and I then it didn't. would be too the whooping period would have passed yeah. and we'd be like oh we missed it yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess it's, you sort of get a feel for it yeah but then I, I was thinking in linguistics there's this thing called um, it's where you say words over and over again until they mean nothing
2: oh sure I know the concept you're talking about but I don't know anybody either
1: yeah, it's something like semantic decay or something uh, like that. Um, like somehow it ha- does something in our brain to like not pay attention to it anymore because it's so repetitious. And maybe yeah. that's what happens when you're when it's a grind. It's like in a game where you're like, yeah. it's just so the same that your brain stops paying attention to it as a thing.
2: Yeah, I, that's a, an actually good, really good analogy because you start seeing the. Uh, it's no longer run over the hill, kill the rat, take the gold. It's forward swipe a, you know what I mean? Like it becomes the, the, you lose the, you you lose the immersion and it becomes much. It yeah, it stops meaning anything. Uh, yeah, exactly like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Except, oh, now I was just thinking of something. (laughs) And, um, so for a while there was this hack in destiny Two where, uh, for like, you're supposed to collect these tokens and, um, for a while you could there's a glitch, so you could leave a, a dungeon and then you walked like a certain number of steps and then you turned around and walked back and the room would have reset but the door wouldn't have locked. Yeah. So you could go back in and just <laughs> and none of the enemies would have respawned, like that trigger didn't go, so you could just get the treasure over and over again. But you had to go out, go with a certain amount of steps, like jump this ledge, then come back. Yeah. And I did that for like two hours and it was oh, wow. not, it was not boring. Right. It wow. was really fun actually. Huh. I got into this like super meditative, like jump the ledge, jump the next ledge, go until you hear the music change, walk back, jump <laughs> down the ledge. And like sometimes there'd be a, a like, um, when you were going out of the dungeon, it like resets your, you playing. So you're back in the general queue of people mm-hmm. and so sometimes you would um, but then when you go back into the room it, it puts you in your own like part of the server right yeah instance, yeah. S- yeah, your own instance so sometimes you'd get these ghosts of people like jumping next to you and then they would disappear as soon as you got <laughs> into the room and um, it was so cool
2: it's funny the way you describe that is actually sort of like um, playing an instrument because it's this loop and I think the the difference I think most people would expect there to be a pleasing result
1: (laughs) you got so many tokens you got three
0: tokens per (laughs) well maybe that's all
2: it is I guess
0: That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We really do need to know you're out there, so please leave a review and tell all your friends too. Uh, give us feedback on the feedback form, y'all, because this is my show now and I want feedback. NiceGames.Club slash feedback. Yes. What is that again, Martha?
1: NiceGames.Club slash feedback.
0: See, if you do it over and over again, it'll become routine <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll just give us more feedback. <laughs> sure. Nice, nice <laughs> We also want to hear directly from you So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club Let us know how you're doing, send us your topics and ask us your questions Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice hosts, As well as get all the links in the show notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.Club and So, until we start again, remember to Play nice
1: And make nice
0: Is that, is that it? Is that the show? Do I have to end it? It's up to you, man. Oh, do, oh this show I, is
2: done I, when you say so,
0: right? Because I control it. Okay. Uh, oh, dear. I don't even. Do you, okay. Here's
1: the thing that we repeat every episode, <laughs> but this time it's slightly different, <laughs> right? Right. Yes. <yeah. laughs>
0: okay. Here we go.
2: What's so
1: special about Hero
2: Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?